You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I'm your host Amy. I have a background working in a corporate environment for over 15 years. I'm a doctor, a lecturer, a lawyer and a published author. This podcast is a look inside my brain. I cover relevant and totally irrelevant topics, ranging from self-help and advice to the spooky and scary, a little bit of true crime, mental health. I also like to tell some stories along the way. My goal is to spread aesthetic vibes whilst discussing these topics. Okay, with all that being said, let's hang out. Welcome to today's episode. I hope everybody is well. Uh, We've had some wild weather here in Sydney. Uh, Incredibly wild. We had a super hot day yesterday. Um, I don't know what the temperature was. It was like 30-something. And then we got flooded. (laughs) So I was driving home from campus and the city was completely fine in the CBD. And then I left and I got through the tunnel and I started heading out to the Harbour Tunnel, started heading out to where I live. And then it started raining. And then I got to my area and the streets were flooded. <laughs> so it was a really difficult and challenging drive home through my area. I had to be super careful. But the like at my house, my back area started flooding. And the dog needed to go to the toilet and it was torrential downpour. So it was like chaos trying to like get an umbrella and get all that shit sorted. And then we've kicked off today. 32 degrees. It is so hot in here. <laughs> I did my best to get this episode down pretty quick because I'm going to die. Like I know I've said this every single time that I've started a podcast, but today I mean it. Like I'm truly going to die if I don't get out of this room. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I've got class again tonight, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm gearing up for that. Um, it's always fun meeting students and being on campus. So um, what I wanted to share with you today was a little bit of our IVF journey. Um, I'm going to share our story and some of the different challenges that we've gone through, along with some of the different things that we have done mentally to equip ourselves through a very difficult process. I've been putting this episode off. I really have. I had this on my episode list season one by about the third or fourth episode in and I had this on there. Like this was this was definitely on the agenda. I wanted to do it in season one. Didn't happen. And now we're in season two. I'm like, I think it's finally time. If I can share our story and other people can understand and know that they're not alone, then I think that's a benefit. And... I just feel like it's time. When you're in a relationship and you make that decision to start a family, you I don't think you you automatically think this is going to be a difficult process or this is going to be hard or this is going to take a lot longer than I would have anticipated or hoped. The IVF struggle is real. We've been going through IVF for about the last five to six years. Never in our minds did we think that we'd have to go through this process. So we waited till we're a little bit older in life to have children and the reason behind that was you know there were things that we wanted to do so for me I wanted to get my doctorate complete and then decided I wanted to do a law degree I was you know we were trying throughout the law degree but I really needed to wait until my thesis was complete and that was kind of the point for me and so when that was complete and we were past that then um, we started thinking about it 12 months of no success they say 
try for 12 months, nothing happens, go see your doctor. Exactly what we did. Um, we spoke to the GP. We were looking for a like an IVF specialist out near where we live. We found one. I think she's out, um, I probably shouldn't say the area because it might give too much away, but she, she's relatively close to where we are. So we booked in uh, at first. She seemed knowledgeable enough, uh, built a management plan. Uh, there were a few things that she was uncertain about. Then we went and did all the testing. Then she, um, in that management plan, wrote in more stuff, more medications and so forth. So after we'd undergone the testing, um, she identified some issues, hormone issues on my behalf. So prescribed medication for that and started an IVF cycle. We were referred to a clinic close to our house. The only reason we went there was because it's close to the house and you need to be relatively close to your clinic or wherever it is that you're doing your bloods and your scans because there are periods where over like a week or two weeks you're doing bloods nearly every day and scans every other day so you can't be traveling you know from my house to the Sydney CBD for an appointment it's just not feasible it's a huge inconvenience and it completely like fucks over your day basically so we we were sent there um it was horrendous. There was no personalised service whatsoever. We were basically treated as um, cattle, if you like. And they would herd you in, herd you out. It was terrible. It was absolutely horrendous. You would go for blood tests and scans and you could be there for an hour. The waiting room's packed. They've done nothing to manage their workflow. They've done nothing to manage the volume of patients and alternate days, right? You don't have to be there all on the same day when you've got services open every day. So it was freaking horrendous. The treatment plan was handed over to them and our cycle and the medications were different to the normal. They bucked up multiple times by not reading our treatment plan and just going down the normal copy-paste procedure and being like, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. And we were like, okay, that sounds a bit odd because we were under the impression there were more medications and they're like, no, 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 we've got it right. And then in a few instances, they'd call back a couple of hours later, oh, sorry, we reviewed your file and we got that wrong. And by that point, we'd already started doing what we were meant to do on the first treatment plan. So it was literally like just getting fucked around left and right absolutely fucked around and i like i really got frustrated because it is already an invasive process and i said to them this is fucking ridiculous how hard is it you've got the treatment plan before you call us and give us the wrong instructions review our file it's all i'm asking offer personalized service it's all i'm asking they also messed up my bloods and scans and sent me in on the wrong days and then I'd have to go in the next day. Not convenient when you're working full-time and you're working an astronomical amount of hours a week. This was before COVID. So in some instances, I needed to be at work in the CBD and they're sending me for scans out west, like further west than where we live. So it was just, it was just diabolical. Like it was absolutely disgusting. And the problem is most clinics for IVF need you to come in for bloods and scans between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. So you need to get to the clinic early, but when you're waiting an hour, it all spills out into the day. So it was just getting ridiculous from there for me. I would arrive there and just be there for so long. They would um, book everybody on the same days, which blew my mind. So let's send everybody in on a Monday. 
But does everybody need to be there on a Monday? No. You can probably spill some of them over into Tuesday. I understand that timing in that is necessary, but come on. Come on. Use your common sense. So basically, you go into treatment, and the job is to produce eggs that can be harvested and fertilized to then be replaced into the body. You have those eggs collected and it's very invasive they're obviously scooping your eggs out of your insides this clinic was horrific they would do you in groups of five or six no one would speak to you you'd be sitting in this room in these shitty old chairs and then they'd say oh this person this 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 and this you're going in as the next group follow So you'd walk down the corridor, the first person would go in, you'd be standing there waiting, and they didn't offer general anesthetic, they just offered, like, twilight, which you're not conscious, like, you're not aware, because it erases your memory, but come the fuck on. And then to make it worse, they would then put you into a bed where they, you know, had to have you come to and make sure everything was okay, And no one would come and talk to you, though. And then you'd need to look at your hand to see how many eggs they collected. They didn't even come and speak to you. You'd look at the number and go, oh, they got three. Okay, now what? Nothing. You'd be discharged and sent on your way. Absolutely terrible. Horrendous. And it it took so much time. You were there for half day. Easy. For a procedure that takes like 30, 45 minutes, you're there for half day. Like it was ridiculous. Like you've got to think about this logically. If they're removing stuff from your insides... They are digging around there. You know, it's painful. They would give you Panadol and say, okay, cool, on your way. And if you said, oh, this isn't helping, they'd be like, oh, okay, well, you need to stay here and we're going to give you something else that's that's stronger than Panadol, but we can only give you one dose and you have to stay here for the next hour so we make sure that everything's okay and the pain goes. So for me, being there for half day... There was no way in my mind I wanted to continue sitting there. So I'd just go home and just be like, fuck it. I'll just suffer. Don't care. I'm not sitting there for another hour for these fucking idiots to do a shit job. The final straw for me was, again, they fucked up the treatment plan. They fucked up the days. They gave the wrong instructions. And I said to my husband, this is it. I'm done. I'm fucking done. So we... Spoke to the GP. We had a, um, a recommendation from a friend who'd recently gone through a cycle with a different clinic and a different specialist, and they'd been successful. And so we were like, okay. So they contacted the specialist for us, and we made contact with this particular specialist and um, this clinic. And we rang the original clinic and said, we need our files sent to this location. And we also rang the specialist and said, we need you to send our file to this other specialist. So the specialist to specialist thing was fine. However, the clinic was like, oh, well, why? And we said, because we're changing clinics. And they're like, okay, cool, but why? We need to know why. And I was like, no, you don't. Send the fucking file. Anyway, they end up calling me. They'd sent the file. They called me and they were like, oh, well, we'd like to get some feedback on the service. And I just unleashed. I was like, what service? No, seriously, what service? We didn't have service. Everyone kept fucking up. Nobody gave a shit about us. And they kind of were like, it was the type of thing where, you know, you'd be at work, they'd call you at four o'clock in the afternoon and go, oh, you need to go in for bloods at 7am the next day. 
And you're like, hang on, I haven't even had a chance to plan my day. Like, this is ridiculous. How do I plan around this? So that was it for me. And, you know, I just said to them, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I'm not interested in speaking to you. This is fucking ridiculous. I'm done. Going to the new clinic, literally from day one, totally different experience. We have a specialist who calls us and talks through the treatment plan. You um, have your own room when you go. You have your specialist comes and speaks to you beforehand. They speak to you afterhand, after the procedure. Um, You don't wait. You don't sit there. You're booked in for a time. So if you're booked in for an 8 a.m. admission, you go in at 8 a.m. You are in that room getting the procedure done at 8 a.m. Under general anesthetic, the way it should be, because that deals with pain management as well. Then you go back into your room, they hold you for a little bit, and then they say, right, within the hour, if you're feeling good, you're right to go, you can't drive, blah, 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 you can't do all this other stuff, which is fair, normal, and fine under general, right? Completely different process. They equip you as well. They say, look, you're probably going to have a bit of pain over the next three to four days. Here are some painkillers, and they give you adequate painkillers that you can have at home if you need them totally different process however being on this journey for so long you start to lose uh, faith in the process itself you it's a very invasive process you have a lot of testing and scans if you allow yourself to be completely consumed by IVF in the process it can ruin you. It can absolutely ruin you. It can destroy you and your emotions and your relationship. It is, people don't understand who haven't gone through it. And it's super frustrating because those people are the worst people. And I'll talk a little bit about them. But it's really, really intrusive and emotionally draining. If you let it consume you, it will. I understand having children is important and that's what people want to do with their lives and all the rest of it. I get that. I totally get that. I'm in that boat. But you can't put everything on that. You have to have other stuff. You have to. Because if it doesn't happen, what are you going to do with yourself? Like you you can't just be miserable for the rest of your life. So for us, you know, we've really tried hard to focus on, okay, let's think positively and this is hopefully going to happen and if it doesn't, then we deal with that next and, you know, you have a plan B. So after going through this for a very long period of time, at the beginning of last year, I did fall pregnant and um, had a miscarriage. So after five years of this horse shit, (laughs) you finally are successful to then be unsuccessful. So that was really, really hard. And it was basically like, it was just snatched out from underneath you. You got super excited. Everything's going great. And it snatched out from underneath you. The daily medications that you're on really can take a toll on your body. And depending on the issues or concerns that are being treated and managed depends on what you're prescribed. So for me, it was four or five injections daily, a nasal spray and like a gel that you rubbed into your legs. It, um, you know, you, <laughs> you get over needles because you're giving yourself needles and you usually do it along your stomach and along the bottom of your stomach will be bruised most of the time. So you kind of just suck it up. You just get used to it. You get used to having blood tests. You get used to all of it. So I was, uh, I was at a recent blood test a few months back at the end of last year and the nurse was like I'm or the pathologist was like I'm I can't I'm struggling to find a part of your vein that I can get 
blood from because your veins are so scarred that they're like shriveled and gross and I can't get anything out of them. So yeah, of course, after five or six years of continual bloods, yeah, your scar your your veins are gonna get pretty shitty and scarred. There's there's not much you can do about it, right? The internal scans suck, but it is what it is. I don't know. I remember sitting in a waiting room the end of last year and there was this lady talking super loudly and she's like, oh, this is my first blood test. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it and I'm so scared. And the pathologist came out to get her and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Oh, and like carrying on. And I'm like in my head going, lady, you've signed up to one of the most invasive processes that you will experience. Blood tests are something you're going to have to get used to pretty damn fast because you'll probably be having maybe eight of them in the next two weeks. <laughs> so, hello, wake up to yourself. Like, you know what you sign up to. You sit down with your specialist. They talk you through the process. They give you all the information you need. They tell you what to expect. So sitting there and carrying on about a blood test, like, it's literally, if you just sit there and get it done, it can take 20 seconds, 30 seconds maximum. And then you're done and you're out. You carry on like an idiot and you're fucking all over the place. It's going to take longer. It's going to hurt. So you just literally just shut your head, get in there and do it, and then head. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. You cannot concentrate on that type of shit. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. So the issue for us is me. And, you know, that's hard to grasp. And, you know, no, I'm talking now and I'm kind of laughing and making it light because you have to. You can't be consumed by it. And for me, I try to be upbeat. I try to look at it realistically um, because you can't just let it consume you. You can't. You have to look at the lighter side of things, right? So the problem for me is getting good quality eggs that can be harvested and then used. Most of the time, if we manage to get them, they uh, will die. So they just perish. They don't make it through. So there's a period they have to make it through and then they fertilize and it's got to make it, you know, past a certain amount of days for them to be um, strong enough to be implanted. Because obviously if it's not a strong egg, a fertilized, strong fertilized egg, then what's the point in implantation? It's not going to work. It's not going to stick. It's not going to happen. And the problem is we've made it through the initial stages and we've collected a few eggs and then they've either fertilized or uh, after being fertilized perished or perished before that process. So it leaves you going, wow, that was a lot of time, effort and money for no even like close to result because you can't do anything. If they're dead, they're dead. Like, you, you know, you're sort of sitting there going, well, that was uh, crazy. <laughs> um, emotionally, it can be really, really taxing and it can be sad. It can be isolating. It's um, difficult because people who haven't been through it don't understand it. And a lot of the times don't show compassion. Maybe saying things that are com just completely inappropriate. Initially, if you mention to someone you're going through IVF, they will come up, doesn't matter, like, you you know, you'll hear it left and right, people coming up with ridiculous recommendations. So some of my personal favourites, have you seen a herbalist? Or have you had acupuncture? Okay, <laughs> that might work for some people, but when people medically have something that's imbalanced, incorrect, not working, Western medicine is needed to correct fixing hormone levels 
cannot be achieved by herbs. It's it's physically impossible. There's no science to support it. So thank you for the recommendation. We have a specialist and we're consulting with them on appropriate treatment. Um, I heard the, uh, why don't you go on a holiday because everybody falls pregnant on a holiday. Huh? What the fuck? Honestly, what the fuck? Um, have you read this book? This is a really good book. Seriously. Or being asked at inappropriate times, oh, how's it all going? If I don't start that conversation with you, don't ask. Don't ask. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. If I approach the conversation with you, different story. Let's converse. I understand that some of this stuff helps people. That's fantastic. Our problems stem deeper than that. So it's not, it's, it doesn't help. It's not going to help. I've, I've seen an acupuncturist. It, was, it did fucking nothing. Like it's just, it's just not where it's at. We need proper scientific answers and results, to be completely honest. It also becomes really exhausting and you stop talking about it because you get sick of thinking about it and you get sick of talking about it. And then you'll have people asking you, oh, so how, what's happening now? Are you going through a cycle? Excuse me, <laughs> leave me alone. I'd prefer to suffer in silence than talk about this with you right now. So one of the other most frustrating parts is maybe people that aren't close to you or people that you don't really know asking, so when are you guys going to have kids? And you are three or four years deep in IVF and you go, soon. Why the fuck do people ask this? Why do people ask this question? You don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Don't ask. So the, the question of, oh, so when are you going to have kids? Or why hasn't it happened? Don't ask. Don't say that. You don't understand what's going on behind closed doors. It's just you, you are potentially offending somebody who's already going through enough if that's what they're going through for those people who ask those questions you should not you should not ask those questions and you know what these questions are not okay they're not appropriate because a couple may have also decided not to have children and those people are often looked down upon in society but they shouldn't be your decisions are your decisions your processes are your processes and your journey is your journey in my mind, there's only one way to process this. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't. I focus my energy and effort on other things. And I know that this can be hard. I create other goals that are not directly related to family, children. You have to have other stuff going on in your life because you are solely relying on this. You're putting all your energy and effort into it. It's everything you're thinking about, everything that you're doing. You have to be able to say, okay, we're doing this, but I do need to step back. Mentally, I need to step back. I need to keep myself busy with other stuff. And if you don't, it can be really, really sad and it can be very debilitating. Um, so I know people going through it are probably going yeah like that's so hard to do it is it's really really hard it's really hard that's why we have to do it that's why we have to say to ourselves there are other ways there are other plans there are other journeys that we can undertake but while I'm going through this right now I'm going to do that but I'm also going to concentrate on other stuff that's for me or my little family that I have so far Finding the right specialist is really important. We spent too much time with a specialist who just wasn't experienced. We also put too much time into a clinic that was useless. We 
changed clinics going back about a year and a half ago. And I think the issue with the specialist was she came across as experienced, but she was only experienced with one or two scenarios. And she would try to slot you into those boxes to say, oh, okay, you've got scenario B, so I need to execute the following. As opposed to, okay, you're an individual and you need an individual treatment plan, which is what the current specialist is working on. People need to show compassion for other people that are going through these types of struggles. Don't ask people questions, especially if you're not privy to what's going on behind closed doors. It's like the the age old uh, uh, making a comment to someone like, oh, how far along are you? Or, oh, do you want my seat on the bus? I can see you're pregnant. No, it's inappropriate. Someone might not be pregnant. They just they just could be how they are. Like, it's just so inappropriate. And I don't understand how people think any of this stuff's okay. I really don't. There are people who don't want children. And that is totally fine. And they should not be asked questions or even to explain themselves. It's just not good enough. We don't need unsolicited advice and comments from people. So anyway, that's a little bit of a preview into the situation. We are going through another cycle in the next couple of weeks. So um, this will be the last one for us. And then we'll be looking towards plan B, which is uh, potential egg donation. And we've got somebody in our lives that um, we'd really like that process to occur with. And we've spoken with her and, um, yeah, she sounds like she's on board. and, And, you know, we're talking through all of that type of stuff at the moment. And we're hopeful that that will be the pathway that we can explore. Um, which is, it's always really hard, right? Saying to someone, um, can I have your eggs? <laughs> like, it's, it's such a random thing to say. Um, and it's hard because you need to make the right decision around who. And, you know, it needs to be someone that you're comfortable with in your life. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> it was a very tough conversation. I had to have, like, a few drinks and get, like, liquid courage to be like, can I ask you a weird question? <laughs> and we're lucky that, like, she's just so easygoing and kind of laughed. And she's like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> um, of course. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's a very, very tough situation. And, look, if you're going through it, I definitely understand it. But I just really encourage you to sort of step away, get other things happening in your life, have other thoughts. Um, just just really make sure that you're not putting your 100% heart, soul and everything into this especially if it's something that you know it is outside your control so you can't control the outcome and you can't worry about it and we've spoken about this before if it's outside of your control there's nothing you can physically do so sitting there stressing and worrying isn't going to get you anywhere at all you need to be able to release it and then think about okay logically what are the other things that we can do what are the other plans that I can execute to make this dream occur in one way or another so hopefully sharing a little bit provides a little bit of information um I'll do a part two and you know I'll dive into it a little bit further but that's just kind of a little bit of the struggle that we've had so far it's uh definitely a very frustrating process it's very debilitating it's very consuming um it's yeah it's not great so um let's leave it there I kind of feel like that's enough (laughs) it's heavy I kind of want to step away go downstairs and get out of this sweat box maybe have myself a cold coffee and uh, refocus for the day so 
In the meantime, you can hit me up on my socials at Aesthetic Vibes Pod on Instagram. You can drop me an email at Aesthetic Vibes Podcast at Outlook.com. You can drop by my website, Aesthetic Vibes Podcast.com. You can drop by my TikTok, Dr. Ames Kelly. Uh, if you're listening and you want to see video, you can search for me exclusive to Spotify, Aesthetic Vibes Podcast. And that's probably it. So until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.